one of the big Russian things is that uh, safety pin is a very uh, important thing that you generally wear it somewhere in your costume or you have it with you to yeah help for good luck and to kind of warn away any bad spirits or ideas floating around. Welcome to Celebrating Connections, a short series of podcasts celebrating the amazing things happening on either side of the North Sea. My name is Nick Heath and I'm Britain's Deputy Ambassador to the Netherlands. I'm helping to prepare a landmark state visit by King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima to London. But alongside the pomp and the splendour, the carriages, the speeches and the parades of soldiers, it strikes me that what makes this friendship an indispensable partnership is broader than royalty or governments. It's about thousands of human stories, or connections, crisscrossing the North Sea. In this series, I'll be meeting a group of exceptional people who are writing a new chapter in Anglo-Dutch relations. Dutch people living and working in the UK, and British people making a name for themselves here. And I'll be exploring with them what it takes to move from the countries they grew up in, and thrive in the countries they've come to call home. My guest today is Sasha Mohamedov, a principal ballerina at the Dutch National Ballet based in Amsterdam. I saw Sasha perform as the female lead in a haunting production of Tristan and Isolde before the summer. She's a quite exceptional dancer who was born, grew up and did her early training in the UK. Sasha, welcome. Thank you very much. Um, it's lovely to meet you today. It's really fun to be here at the Dutch National Ballet. We are on the Amstel, for those who don't know uh, Amsterdam well. Um, if I may, I'm going to start with a few quick-fire questions. Go ahead. Online answers. <laughs> See which side of the North Sea you feel most at home. So, first up then, the Amstel or the Thames? Well, uh, I have to say, I mean, most of my grown-up life, let's say, has been here in Amsterdam, so... Uh, when I was living in London, it was very when I was very young, so I don't remember much of really being around London and having that London experience. So at some point, I would have to say Amsterdam is feeling quite like home. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, and then it's so a coffee or tea. Coffee. Okay, very Dutch. Good. Uh, Stroopwafels or bourbon biscuits. Oh, well, biscuit, you know, it's you can't really go wrong with a biscuit. <laughs> All right, other way. Black cab or bike? Mm. Yeah, I have to say I'm pretty used to the bike now these days. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, the stage at Covent Garden or the stage here at the Dutch National Opera and Ballet? Well, I hope one day I get to dance on the stage at Covent Garden. I have never had the opportunity to do that yet. So, I, you know, so here it's definitely the stage here I have to say <laughs> and as offices go it's a pretty special office right yeah exactly um, okay and finally KLM or British Airways hmm I don't know if I should answer that question <laughs> <laughs> no, you can I say mean... neither if you want to <laughs> I mean haven't flown British Airways in a long time but as far as I remember it's pretty nice okay brilliant well I think that sounds to me like you are fully uh, Dutchified I in think your... so yeah. <laughs> oh, that's splendid let's, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, your transition here to the Netherlands you grew up in the UK I think in mm -hmm. Hertfordshire and in Birmingham yes. is that right yeah um, so what brought you first of all to Amsterdam well it uh, was 10 years ago now and um, I was at that point we were living in Greece with my family actually because my, di my dad was director of the company there And um, it was kind of, you know, I was 18 years old, already getting to the point of maybe time to see what kind of job I could get, what company. 
And we saw online that uh, Dutch National was doing an audition for Nutcracker. And this was already like uh, end of November or something. And so I emailed them and they said, please come as soon as possible because they were still looking for people. And I came, I took class and Ted Branson, he's our director, asked me to the office and he was like, we're very excited and you look great. And I think we'd love to have you for the rest of the season. I was a bit like, <laughs> excuse me, rest of the season? I thought I was just coming auditioning for Nutcracker. Yeah. But he was so happy with how I fitted with the company and he was like, I want to give you the contract for the rest of the year. I was like, okay. Wow. So I said yes. And then he asked if I could stay and not go home. I was like, okay. Great. Who would have thought this would happen? I called my mum and I said to her that, so you need to bring my stuff because I'm staying in Amsterdam. I'm not coming back. I have to cancel my flight. She was kind of, what do you mean? I was like, well, he wants me to stay. So she's like, okay, I've never heard of this, but this is so exciting. It's so great. And so and that's how I came, 18, and I stayed here. Okay, so you're starting off as mm-hmm. a um, one of the company, right? Yeah. Um, how do you prepare for stepping out on stage for the first time uh, at the Dutch National Ballet? Um, you mean like when I was first in the group? Yeah. How, what and... was it like that first mm-hmm. that first performance? Do you remember sort of how you prepared, how you got yourself ready? Um, it's. I mean, it's quite a. I came here with a few other girls at the same time, and we all have. We have. It's all very friendly family kind of vibe in this company. So. And we were dressing in the same area. So everyone kind of keeps the atmosphere light and you're excited because it's your first performance. And so it's a little bit different now. I'm more focused, more kind of in my own zone, trying not to talk to many people. When when I was younger, I didn't really know exactly yet what I needed, what I was going to do. So I was just having a good time with my friends. And so that's the difference, I guess, between being a cast member and a principal, yeah. right? I mean... For somebody who doesn't follow ballet, mm-hmm. how would you describe the role of a principal? I'd say the principal is is the person who is leading the ballet. They're the ones that are making the the main story, telling the main story of the main characters, the prince and the princess or the the peasant girl with the prince they're in love they're the ones telling the story and the group is sort of the ones keeping the interaction happening throughout the story so that you're not just watching two people on stage you're watching a whole performance but the principals are the ones who are the main part leading the story telling the story making you believe them (laughs) and is it technically is is the choreography more complicated do you think for a principal generally or does it not always follow in that way um yeah i would say Probably, yeah, because you want to make it, since they are the lead couple, you want to see something a little bit more exciting. So there's always the main pas de deux that is done, which is the two, the man and the woman dancing together. And there's always some exciting lift and turns and pirouettes. And when you're standing in the core, especially as the girls, usually you're just the girls standing in a line or, you know, you do more things like what we would do in ballet class, sort of not too complicated, but what's complicated about the core is to make sure you're standing in line and making sure you're together and not uh, diverting from that yes I bet yeah how did you find out when you were appointed a principal was there a was there a moment is there an envelope is there an announcement how does it work yeah there's they always like to make a nice special announcement which is really special for us of course Uh, for me it was when we were doing Ted's Coppelia and um, it was Christmas Eve and it was my premiere 
and my dad was here and um, he announced like the curtain closes and then they announce on stage he says you know this has been such a great uh, performance and Sasha you've been such an amazing member of this company and you've worked so hard and I think it's time now to be a bit more of a member of this company and I promote you to principal so it happens in front of the whole company and um Everyone starts capping and wooing, and it's it's very nice. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah, and very special to have your parents there. As yeah, well. it was really nice that my dad was here. He was also standing backstage, and uh, so it was uh, definitely a special moment. Um, for people who don't know, uh, Sasha's dad, Eric, is um, really one of the preeminent dancers of the latter half of the twentieth century. Yeah. I think it's fair to say, uh, but first at the Bolshoi and then at Covent Garden, uh, and lastly with a, um, a sort of extensive career beyond that as well mm-hmm. and Sasha's mum Masha is also uh, a famous ballerina in her own right performed mm-hmm. um, prominently at the Bolshoi mm-hmm. and was a principal there as well so there's quite a lot of pedigree right in yeah. uh, in your background yeah it runs a little bit in the blood let's yeah. say <laughs> How does that work in reality? Is that does it feel uh, does it feel like an asset to have that behind you? Does it sometimes add to the pressure? It's a bit fifty fifty. Of course, in moments I love having it because I know that if there's something I need a question about, or if I'm not sure of something within the ballet world, I can always ask them, and they always have because they've been through it themselves. So they will definitely give me some good advice and. I know I can discuss things with them and they know what I'm talking about without just being, oh, your ballet's so beautiful and so lovely and yeah. they just don't get it or something. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you know, my dad was famous and, or is famous and so it's, there is that pressure of the name there. When they hear my name, it's always, oh, are you Eric's daughter? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, he was so wonderful. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of him too. Which, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, no, I mean, I, I love watching his videos and I'm definitely like, I love it. And But yeah, there is that moment that you think, I wonder what it would be like if they weren't. <laughs> and would my career have gone differently? Or, But at the same time here in Amsterdam, which is what um, I'm so happy about being here about and with Ted believing in me so much is that he really believes in me and trust what I can do. He doesn't look at my dad or my mom or anything. He's really about me and what I bring to the table. And that's what's really special about being here Yeah, and I having can. Ted as our director. Yeah, so do you want to say yeah. a word about Ted? Because I'm not sure everyone who's listening will know um, enough about mm-hmm. Ted. So Ted, he's our director, Ted Branson. He's really a great guy. He really has a good uh, like trust in everyone that works here, which is really important as yeah, a director, you know, because... When you feel that, you feel you can really go out there and perform your best. And yeah, and that's what's one of the most important things that he believes in all of us. I think I'm right in saying that there are a number of other uh, principals and members of the cast who are mm. British by background. Is that right? You're not the only person who trained in the UK. Yeah, we have a couple. We have James Stout, who was just promoted to a principal, who I danced um, yeah. Tristan and is old with. He's also actually British by background. He grew up in Canada, but he went to the Royal Ballet School as well. His whole family is British. Yeah, and he was just promoted, and so that's really nice. We just got a new guy joined into the corps de ballet, also British, also from Rickmansworth, from the same little town that I'm from, which was funny when we first found that out. 
And um, as well in contemporary dance, uh, Paul Lightfoot is the director oh, of the yeah, yeah. Dance British, yeah. uh, Theatre, you know, preeminent kind of mm-hmm. um, modern dance uh, theatre based in the Netherlands and The Hague and elsewhere. Uh, what do you think it is about Holland that makes people in the dance world come and, and work here and perform here? The people here, the kind, everything about it makes you feel like you can settle in very easily. Everything is understandable. Of course, everyone speaks English, which of course is very yeah. helpful. <laughs> um, and the, the Netherlands Dance Theatre is considered the best modern company in uh, the world. So right. that's an aspect. Dutch National is considered one of the top five in Europe, which is also amazing. Of right. course, people want to be in those places where uh, you have that. And do you think there's any difference? I mean, because you presumably have been on tour around the world uh, with with uh, mm-hmm. the company. Do you think... Um, do you think there's anything sort of special or unique about Dutch audiences and what they respond to and what what do you think their interests are particularly? I think they're very actually wide range. Like there's, you can see that they love the classical things. There's the audience that loves the classical and there's the audience that loves the modern. And that's what's nice. So then you always know there's always going to be people in the audience that like one thing or like the other thing. I think in some places, sometimes they're more just like in the classical stuff they don't like to see the modern things because they don't understand it it's too abstract or the other way around and since we do have a very famous modern company NDT and we have our classical company here and I think that's why here it's more well versed in that there's a really people like that and people like that and there's even that they all like everything because you can see everything here What about um, that question? I mean, where do you stand on the question of bringing in younger audiences or newer audiences versus mm-hmm. kind of tradition and, mm-hmm. and heritage? Um, yeah, I think it's nice. We just actually started uh, this thing called the Young Patrons Circle, and that's to bring in younger audiences. They try to make special galas for them so that they get more interested in the idea that ballet doesn't just have to be for the older generation because we do have modern things and we're a young company as well so it's nice to have young people to come and watch us and it seems every time they come and we know a few of them now as well and they really enjoy it and they really love it and they start telling people please come and watch it's so great and you know maybe there's some people out there that could be interested in someone in the Valley world yeah know, right like, and it's great so, that there's a range right yeah. it's great that there's a range of styles and a range of audiences yeah That's exactly part of the attraction I yeah Tell me a bit about performing now, you know, in the, having got to the exalted height of principle mm. and, you know, being a well-established figure here mm-hmm. at the ballet. Do you still get nervous performing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a moment when I was second soloist. That's why I didn't get, I had that moment of not getting so nervous because I knew I'd go out there, do my solo, and I'm very comfortable in doing that. And I'm not completely leading the whole ballet. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting to becoming a principal and knowing that you're kind of the one telling the story it's a little bit more scary yeah, I <laughs> so I do get more nervous and especially on something that I haven't done before or um but as the shows go on you get a little bit less nervous or maybe get more nervous for a certain part or you know so it kind of goes up and down a little bit moments of more nerves and moments of less but it's it's always like that so. Are there um, ballets you particularly enjoy performing or ballets that you particularly dread performing? 
Um, well, one of my favorites so far, and I think will always stay as one of my favorites, is La Bayadere when I performed uh, Nikia. Because that's something I've always watched for a really long time, especially that video. There's an old video of Royal Ballet with Darcy Bustle as Gamzati, Altanay Sulmaratova from the Kirov Ballet as um, Nikia, and my dad as Solor. So, and that's something I used to watch all the time. come home from school and be like put it on and watch it and Altana is one of my favorite ballerinas so when I got the chance to do that I just was dream come true to perform this ballet so I absolutely loved doing that and I got to work with one of our ex-principals Larissa Leshnina who also was a dancer in the Kirov at the time of Altana Sulmaratva's time and now she's coaching and she coaches me a lot on uh, some of the big classical parts so I got to work with her on that part and it was just everything all together. I was, never thought really I'd special. be working with Larissa Leshnina, first of all, because yeah. also used to watch her when I was a kid. And um, so it was all, all together one incredible sort of thing. And now we have Swan Lake coming up. So that's a little, I'm looking forward, but also a little bit scared of the ballet <laughs> because it's such a, you know, such a big one. That's the one that everyone is like, oh, ballet, oh, Swan Lake. Yeah, people's you expectations. Know, people's so expectations, clear. exactly, right. of Swan Lake are very high. So, but I'm working with Larissa again on this one. And so hopefully we can get something good out of it <laughs> I bet and how do you um, how do you look after yourself and prevent getting injured because it's a very physical thing yeah it, it's tricky I mean when you're tired you never really know what's going to happen you can be preventing preventing but that moment you're tired you could slip or fall and that's it um, in the end you just you know making sure that I eat right and sleep enough don't party when you shouldn't be partying <laughs> <laughs> take your free days and just really you know, we have a f- good physio team here. So if you feel like something's coming on, go immediately. Try not to wait. I try not to wait too long until I feel it's past the point of being fixable, <laughs> where right. it means you need to take completely time off. So I try to go a little bit ahead of time. How long do you rehearse before you uh, stage a ballet? Um, quite. It depends usually on the ballet. If it's something brand new, like a new creation, then um, we will have maybe a month or a little bit longer than a month too because obviously the choreographer has to come and create it and the whole process of setting it up when it's an old ballet when it's a ballet that we've already performed we usually have maybe two three weeks or something because we've all already done it we all know what the steps are it's more about just re-remembering and putting it together but so like in a normal day we usually start from 10 till 6 so for an hour and 15 minutes we have our ballet class and then the rest of the day we're going through the choreography making sure everything looks good staying keep getting our stamina going and yeah it is like being a professional athlete isn't it yeah, it's, it's about really, like training your body yeah, to, training your body to and your mind to remember to make sure that you remember the steps of course and to make sure you remember what it is you need to do to make sure the steps are good <laughs> And not just going out there and flailing your legs and arms around. And I guess combining that physicality with also the creativity and the, yeah. the sense of emotion. Yes, exactly. And that's that's what I like about the ballet. That it's not just the physical point of it. It's that you're there telling a story. It's you're also acting. You know, and that's what's yeah, that's what I love about it. <laughs> 
Are there sort of ranges of things that people do to look after their feet in particular? There are things that um, ballerinas um, and, and yeah, some do. people do lots of foot exercises and things um, to just keep them going. Um, I generally don't so much. Maybe I should do more, but. Um, I think one of the things my parents always say to me is that if you're doing a good ballet class, which is our warm-up for the beginning of the day, if you do that correctly and you're really going through all the motions of how it's supposed to be, you don't need to do anything extra because that's your workout. That's right. your yeah. That's your base. That's your base for the day. And um, one of the other things that you read a lot about uh, ballet dancers is that they're superstitious. Do you, do you feel <laughs> yeah. superstitious at all? Oh, yeah because I'm from a Russian family as right. well. <laughs> so that's triple <laughs> superstition. Um, and I think I rubbed off some of my superstition on some of the dancers here as well. So, oops. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's a lot of things we have. Um, one of the big Russian things is that uh, safety pin is a very uh, uh, important thing, I guess that you generally wear it somewhere in your costume or you have it with you to kind of, yeah, help for good luck and to kind of warn away any bad kind of spirits or ideas floating around. So it's to protect you a little bit. So do you dance with a safety pin? M I, most Russians will, if you ask. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. But why a safety pin? Um, I think the idea, because I say it, when you use a safety pin in other very other ways it's to make sure you hold something up or to keep something closed or if something's falling off you use it to keep it safe on so i guess it's that idea that it's something that's keeping you safe keeping you together nice okay yeah. <laughs> and have you ever had a performance where things just keep going wrong yeah <laughs> there's always there's always one day like that or something when you just feel like but a lot of the time it's we exaggerate it the feeling is a lot worse than what is actually being seen. But it, it's true. The moment that one thing happens and then another thing happens and then nothing, you're just like, seriously, is this ever going to stop? And I'm wearing my safety pin. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's when I think to myself, well, if I wasn't wearing the safety pin, I might have fallen down or I might have hurt myself. At least I didn't hurt myself. <laughs> so now I try to keep a positive view on even if things are going completely wrong. And I guess if your expectations perfection, that's always yeah, exactly. Ballet, ballet dancers are perfectionists, and so. So what next for you? I mean, you've reached the really the top of the tree. Uh, <laughs> so what, what happens next? Well, I mean, I've only just started at this level. I've been principal for two years now. There's still always so much to learn, and that's something also from my parents and my dad always said that. Even he's now how old is he now? Fifty eight, and he's still learning. And so he says, the moment that we stop thinking that we need to learn that's when you start going down right so we always need to keep thinking how to improve or how to get better or what can i do how do i give myself more of a challenge and so since i'm you know i'm 28 and so technically i have 10 more years to go so i hope i still have a lot to go a lot to learn <laughs> i <Okay>. think yeah. <laughs> and, and if you were um what advice would you give uh, a young dancer maybe coming to the Netherlands mm -hmm. or thinking about coming to the Netherlands just like when you did when you were 18 mm -hmm. what advice would you give them? Uh, I think to just believe in yourself because when you're young you have quite a good confidence about yourself you feel very 
you're ready to live alone and it's I think it's important not to lose that and to make sure you really stay true to yourself because the moment that you kind of try and stick in with the pack and be the same as everyone that you get a little bit lost so you always need to try and show yourself and if you're if you have it and if you're doing that your boss your director whoever will always see it and you will always start rising up Sasha thanks so much for joining us it's been really lovely to meet you and uh, best of luck with everything that's coming up thank you so much I had a good time (laughs) thanks I'm Nick Heath the Deputy Ambassador at the British Embassy and you've been listening to our Celebrating Connections podcast we'd love to know what you think of the podcast so why not get in touch you can reach me on Twitter at NickHeathFCO or you can get in touch with the Embassy on Facebook or Twitter. On both, our pages are UKINNL. That's U-K-I-N-N-L. If you haven't subscribed already, then why not do so today and get all the episodes straight to your device? And please do tell your family and friends about the show too. From me, Nick Heath, thanks for listening. <laughs>